Hello everybody and welcome to Bullseye. I'm Tamsin Wolf and this is the 14th episode. And to be honest, I haven't quite got a name for the episode yet. I'm sure one's going to come to me as I'm recording, so we'll just stay with it and see what pops up. Um, nothing I could come up with felt right so far. Anyway, I do apologise as normal, as usual, for a very long time in between drinks with these last couple of episodes, but I've got really good reasons. And The last one that I spoke about, I was talking about uh, the stuff to do with you know, celebrity, celebrities falling all over the place to do with the things that they've been accused of, sexual assault stuff, all that kind of thing, the Danny Masterson from the 70s show thing and the whole debacle with um, Ashton Kutcher and Mia Lacunas thing. So, yeah, I was talking about how I was going to be speaking about all of that and I still am. I'm here to do that, but there's just been a lot of developments in my life that are beyond ironic at the moment, and especially if, you know, for the episode I was actually planning on doing, and I'm really glad I didn't do it before some of the events that have happened over the last month or so. I'm glad I didn't do it before that, before they happened, because it would have just been ironic beyond belief to have to go back and go back over the information again and try to explain what on earth is going on in my life at the moment. But yeah, so I'm just, uh, there's not, I wouldn't say a particular trigger warning to do with this as far as any kind of real descriptions of child abuse. So there's none of that this time, but fairly harrowing story nonetheless. Um, I'm just sometimes have no words, but I'm going to try and get the whole thing out. And it is certainly almost unbelievable in parts, but I'm going to get it all out today. So again, that's why I've taken so long to come back because yeah, I'll, you'll, you'll, you'll get the whole gist of the story as I go on because there's been very dramatic moments, very dramatic indeed. Before I start my story, I just wanted to say thanks again for your support and I actually wanted to dedicate this episode to the Boy Scouts of America and it's not that it's got anything you know, the story itself or this episode's got nothing to do with that particularly with those guys, but just that I've recently watched a documentary on Netflix that was just the most devastating, upsetting thing you can imagine to do with the just horrible, terrible abuse of all the little boys in the Boy Scouts of America for years and years and years, going back years, and undoubtedly there's just so many more stories and so much more than we'll ever hear about to do with these survivors and the beautiful kids that have just gone through hell with all this and I know there's still some legal stuff going on about around it or about the whole case and my prayer for you is that you get everything you possibly deserve by way of justice, compensation and anything else that you need. You're incredibly brave, amazing men and that you know you've become that in spite of the dreadful things that have happened to you in that organization just horrific but yeah I just would like to dedicate this one to them and to thank you for all the new listeners I've got I've got quite a few new ones there lots of different places a special shout out and 
thanks and blessings to the new listeners that I have in Israel. Uh, I honestly do have no words for what is going on over there at the moment. I just honestly don't know where to start. It's just like a nightmare that doesn't seem to be ending. And I have just noticed this last month or so, I've just had a really great influx of readers. I mean, readers, what am I talking about? Listeners from there. So, yeah, I just want to send my love out to you especially as well. And thank you for being here. If I can offer any kind of comfort at any stage, I don't know how I can, but if I possibly can, I will. And also, if you go to my Facebook page, my Bullseye Podcast with Tamsin, it's called on Facebook, and at the sort of two or three posts down usually, there's my patron little post there that you just click on the link if you'd like to become a patron of the show, which you can do for as little as, I think it's about a dollar a month, or probably less, you could probably do if you wanted to, but I think, um, you know, that's a, just a good one to do that, you know, doesn't take too much of any one person, but altogether it really, really helps me to keep going and to pay the costs involved with doing this, of which there's quite a few. And, yeah, so just click on that link. It's a pretty self-explanatory thing. It just says, would you like to become a patron? And just a few little clicks and it shows you what to do. And, yeah, there's, if there's anything else that I've forgotten that I was supposed to say, oh, I know what one thing I was going to say is that I did promise a giveaway in this episode. And, again, due to the circumstances, I'm not able to do that within this episode, but I'm going to be able to do it by the next one. So I do apologise for that false promise there, but again, I've got very, very good excuses for why everything's a bit, as my mother would say, skew-whiff at the moment. So yeah, I, I'm definitely going to have a nice giveaway for next time. But for this time, what I was going to talk about, and I sort of alluded to in the last episode, was I don't know how much you're all familiar with or whether you follow you know, the news and celebrity stuff and all that kind of thing. But there was just a particular case, and that's where the irony has shown up in my life since it's all been happening, and I'm not making light of it in any way because none of it's funny, but it's in a very soul-destroying kind of stuff that I'll get to. But, yeah, there was just a cut a very long story short in the whole, that's all to do with um Scientology, the church and everything that, Danny Masterson from the 70s show uh, very viciously assaulted, drugged and assaulted, I think, several women, but particularly two of them were very prominent and very proven that he was jailed for quite a long time. It was a decent sentence for once, and he's been jailed for what he's done. And one of the big scandals was that his sort of best friends that he goes back a long way with because they were all on the 70s show as well was actress Mila Kunis and actor um, Ashton Kutcher who were married to each other. And they, part of the, not the irony as well, is that they are a big, or big advocates are a big part of a, a human trafficking, they, they don't participate in human trafficking as far as I know, I mean an anti-human trafficking organisation that they're involved with in a big way and it was just ironic that, you know, partly because they had put so much work and effort into safeguarding children, women and children and stuff, and then what they've done 
as a result of this Denny Masterson case is just a little bit to believe, but probably very hard to believe. And it's all a while ago now, like this is all a few weeks back now, and it was going to be more sort of relevant and topical when I was going to do it. But again, I wasn't able to do it then, uh, back then, talk about the whole thing. But yeah, the the thing I was going to talk about to do with it was that they were both asked, Mila and Ashton, to write letters and, you know, on behalf of Danny Masterson and his character. Like, so a kind of like character reference kind of things that you'd be asked to write for somebody for a job or, a, you know, renting a house or whatever, that kind of thing. But it was to actually be presented to the judge to not so much. I mean, I don't really know what the purpose was, not so much to lessen his sentence, I wouldn't think, I would hope not, but, you know, in some way just to to offer support, I guess, to Danny Masterson in the way of saying, you know, they thought he was a good person and he'd only ever been good to them and blah, 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 all the crap you hear when people think they know predators and they don't know anything about them in reality. But, yeah, they... And so they, anyway, they did it. They wrote these letters that were just glowing reports for Danny Masterson and what a wonderful man he was and a wonderful friend. And, you know, just the wording of them was quite nauseating, really, just, you know, whether they're his friends or not, he had, it had been, you know, proven in court it was beyond, you know, doubt that he had done these things to these women. So no matter how lovely and fun and jolly he'd been before any of this, it didn't change and doesn't change the fact that he's an evil predator and, you know, just a horrible, horrible man. So that, you know, it was all just sort of, you know, it all came out, the scandal came out that they were found out to have done this, have to presented these letters, glowing reports about him, and it all got out in the public, you know, got leaked or whatever you call it. So they got found out and it all went through you know, social media and everything of what they'd done and they had to more or less, more or less were forced to kind of put out a public apology of, you know, saying why they'd done what they'd done, why they'd defended this man and that they didn't mean to discredit the victims, they didn't mean this and they didn't mean that. And all in all anyway, what my point was about talking about it is, you know, what what we can be asked to do in those situations when we have unfortunately realised that we have serious predator in our lives, whether it's a family member or a friend or, you know, anything, it's that happens to just so many of us. And, you know, I'm a big follower of um, on Facebook and stuff like that, all the the um, paedophile hunter, you know, groups that go after the the pedos particularly in England, I think there's quite a lot of them, and they just do the most wonderful job of, yeah, you know, they're just volunteer groups of people and just pretty much all survivors, and they pretty much bring predators down online and online groomers and stuff by posing as children, um, decoys is what they call them, and they just do a fantastic job and, you know, the point is that the in the end the predator gets turned over to the police and, Hopefully there is a custodial sentence and stuff like that. Sometimes there's a slap on the wrist, which is just ridiculous, but quite or more often I've noticed that they are getting decent sentences as a result of what these wonderful groups are doing. But the point that I was going to make about that is that I follow them and watch them quite a lot. And my heart just 
absolutely feels like it's breaking when they approach one of these people that has been grooming children online and just saying the most disgusting, filthy things to like 11-year-olds and 12-year-olds and it's just sickening. And But when their wives or children happen to be there when they're caught, when the man is caught, and a couple of women, just to be fair, there has been a couple of women on these shows that have been caught as well, but overwhelmingly they're men. And they, I just can't bear to see when the wife and the children that are there, especially the wives for some reason, because I just see them just have the absolute shock of their lives. They're just in absolute, it's the most awful thing to witness just to see that they are purely and genuinely in terrible shock. They had no idea their man was doing what he was doing. They just, you know, have been going about their normal lives thinking that everything was okay and then finding out that their husband is just this absolute monster of a predator online and, you know, even sometimes they're planning to meet up with the kids and, you know, have S with them and everything. It's just, it, I mean, the varying degrees of the stories, there's, a, you know, a lot of different degrees there, but they're all just as disgusting as each other. But, yeah, the what well, my point is is that the wives are just, it's just heartbreaking when you just see them break down because they had absolutely no idea what was happening. And by what I have been thinking about with all of it is that, you know, the thing where we, none of us can know, like none of us know who is around us and who is a predator. And we just, it's just you know, statistically very, very probable that we all know somebody that is a sexual predator of some kind or a child predator you know, obviously worse still. And we just probably do if we don't know someone in our lives at the moment that at, at some stage we definitely would have, whether it's just, you know, a relative, could be a distant relative, a close relative, a friend, someone you work with, absolutely anyone, someone, your know, friend's husband that you didn't know about there. It's just a sad fact and I'm not being negative when I say this and not projecting. It's just a sad, sad fact that I think that we've all just got to face that they are everywhere child sexual predators are everywhere and we don't know who it's going to be next and it is just a terrible terrible shock when we find out that it's someone that we know and when it happens we just absolutely need all the help and support that we can possibly reach out for and ask for because it is it's just an absolute horrible shock So I was going to talk about all that, where I'm going with all this, is I was going to just not so much give an opinion, but just say, you know, what put the question to you really, like what would you do if someone that you loved and cared for had been found to be a sexual predator and you were asked to, you know, give them some sort of recommendation or some sort of reference, character reference, sort of stating that you see them as a good person and, you know, pretty much what would you do? Would you do it? Would you, but you know, how would you go about it? Or, you know, I, did, I was just more that I was just considering the whole situation and just thinking, you know, if I had been Mila or Ashton and that had been my best friend that was going to jail for a very long time for horrific crimes, is there any part of you that would feel that you wanted to try to help them or support them? And I don't have any answers about whether that's, you know, absolutely right or absolutely wrong, absolutely abhorrent that you'd even consider doing something like that. I 
don't know what this is where I'm going with the irony part of it is that I probably would have been quite a lot more militant about it yeah, because I can be very, you know, sort of one-minded or on one track with some of my beliefs of what's right and wrong. I'll freely admit that, that I can be very stubborn and have quite a streak of arrogance when I believe something to be right or wrong. I'm not, what do they say, backwards and coming forwards in what I think, that's for sure. But in this case, I wasn't necessarily going to say, you know, so if this ever happens to you that there is someone in your life that you're asked to support in this way or write a letter for or stand up in court and testify to their character and blah, 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 would you do it? And I probably, I think, before some of the events of the last few weeks would have said absolutely not, absolutely no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't have considered doing it. They could burn in hell for all I care and and all of that. And still, I feel like that to a very, very large degree. But this is where irony strikes is that the lit, quite literally the day that I was going to do my last or could do this podcast um, weeks ago, I was you know, just sort of getting it together, planning, ready to do it. And it was going to be all about that, about supporting people that you know or not supporting them, how you'd go about it, whether it's right or wrong, the morals of it, the ethics of it and everything else. And so it was that day I received a phone call from the mother of one of my ex-partners. And just to give it a bit of background, we were together from the ages. I'm 52 now, and so is he, just to give some background. We were together, I think, from memory, from about age 20, maybe 25 to 27 when we were younger. We were in a relationship for a couple of years. And then possibly my timing might be off again here, but maybe eight years ago, seven or eight years ago, we got together again and sort of met, uh, you know, long way down the track and we'd been living in different towns and all of that. So it just so happened that we connected again and we were together again in a relationship for about another, probably wasn't that long, maybe a year or so, about seven or eight years ago. And I probably, I think, would have referred to him as the love of my life. I think I've had a couple of people that I would call that, but I would definitely have put him you know, top couple of people in my life that I just say I loved more than anything in the world when we were together and and I knew him to be quite a troubled character in a lot of ways, but not in the way that I didn't see coming. Yeah, so I, anyway, so we were, that's just to give the background of who he was in my life and I haven't seen him for years at the moment or several years and as far as I knew he was back living three or four hours away from where I live and quite all right. And I you know, was reasonably close to his mum at the times we were together, who's a really nice lady and very good to me and everything. And anyway, so she calls just completely out of the blue the day I was going to do the podcast. And I was just absolutely in bits, obviously, and broken and just said, um, Tamsin, can you please help me? Um, I've got to give him a pseudonym. Can I call him... Steve, let's call him Steve, that's not his name, but um, Steve's in jail and he needs all the help and support he can get. Can you please help me or help him? And honestly, if you, if I had a million guesses right at that point, 
being a sexual predator to a child was the last thing that I would have come up with for this particular person. I just, I, I know, I have known so many predators, be, been surrounded by so many predators in my life that, you know, I'm seeing the irony here that you would think surely that I would be able to pick up on stuff like this more succinctly than I do. And I think in some cases I do, but this is, you know, why it's just been such a dreadful, horrible time is that I wouldn't have seen this coming in a million years. And that is the truth. And anyway, when she said he was in jail, just that my, for some reason, my thoughts just went straight to some kind of driving offence or drinking or because he was a very loose cannon in that kind of way. And I just thought, oh, no, he's, you know, committed some driving offence or he's been really drunk or something. I just would have believed anything. I would have believed robbing a bank before I'd believe what she said. And she told me that he'd been accused of allegedly assaulting no, I don't want to say repeatedly. I don't know if that's allegedly repeatedly, but it was definitely more than once. His 14-year-old daughter, who when we had been together the last time had been six or seven and just, you know, I just loved her dearly as well. And we spent quite a bit of time together. Sorry, I'm starting to yeah, get all breathless telling this story just again because it's just absolutely excruciatingly painful to be telling this story but yeah allegedly he had been assaulting sexually assaulting his child and she had eventually gone to the police and reported it and just I don't know where to go with the rest of this story other than to say he just absolutely flat out denied it and I understand the thing of innocent until proven guilty and I desperately wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt as far as that's concerned. I I was and am still to some degree open to being told that this is all a bad dream and it didn't happen. But there has been uh, instances or little bits and pieces going on since then that would sort of more allude to the side of him being guilty, to, at least to some degree. And he's actually incarcerated at the moment in a jail a couple of hours away from here, very hardcore jail, and which, you know, if he's done what he's accused of, I hope it is a hard, awful jail. And so, they, you know, he's just flat out denying it, but he's actually yeah, in jail and, and been given a sentence of at least a year. And so even though his mum didn't seem to really understand the circumstances around it, and I don't either, but I can only surmise that for someone to be in jail for that long, whether it's proven or not, there's got to be a fairly overwhelming amount of evidence because I don't think, and I may be very naive saying this, but I don't think that you know, they can just put people away like that if there's no, not enough evidence to, and that might be crazy view and not true at all. I don't know how they work, but in Australia, yeah, I just wouldn't have thought that that was possible. So yeah, there's a very big part of me that I just was in genuine shock. I was in hot and cold shivers. I was throwing up for hours afterwards, just trying so hard to comprehend that this person that I thought I knew so well had you know, could possibly have done what he's accused of doing and you know, still to this day now I don't know what's happening and I'm 
going to find out. But what the point was is that, and the irony was, is that his mum asked me, would I um, consider both of these things, one of them appearing in court to give him some sort of character reference and not and or, um, and definitely writing a letter to the judge in his favour, like just to say what I knew about him and that in the times we'd spent together I'd never seen him knew anything untoward, which I certainly didn't and hadn't and I would honestly like to think that I'm pretty, you know, as I say, astute at picking stuff like that, but, you know, that's what I mean. You just don't know. We don't know. You can think that you'd know. You can think that you'd see it. You think you'd have no doubt. But anything that I believed, you know, in that way has gone out the window at the moment. It was the most shocking, horrible, you know, I just, and as I was saying, I could, I could only try to imagine what it's like if you're actually with the person at the time, married to the person that's the father of your children, you know, you're cohabiting with them and someone comes to the door to accuse them of this stuff, just the horrible shock that it must be. I honestly don't know if I can imagine it, but if it was anything like, you know, any worse than how I reacted to this news, then I would just hate to think you know, of the suffering they must go through, the wives and children and families of these people, the knock-on effect of what happens when they're caught. I very much, um, again, just to cut a very long story short, very much wanted to be in contact with the little girl and was advised very strongly not to be for her own benefit. And I can't really explain what that was all about, but I do try and understand not at this stage, that it's probably not a good idea to reach out to her, but I have every intention of it and I'm going to. I just have to wait. I'm, I don't want to sabotage anything that might be sort of in her favour. It's a very long, complicated story of why we've got to wait to do several things. But, but anyway, my point was is that my first reaction when she asked me to do these things, to stand up for him pretty much or defend him was just a resounding, yes, of course I will. I know he wouldn't do that. I know he's not capable of doing that. It's ridiculous, um, as if, blah, blah, blah. And I truly meant it when I said it in the first couple of minutes of her telling me this news. That was my reaction. And I wouldn't necessarily have seen that coming either, that that was my overwhelming reaction was just total yeah, to be totally incredulous of that this didn't happen and they've got the wrong person and he just, you know, not the, not the Steve I know and it's just all of it just came crashing, you know, just crashing me down to earth kind of thing, just sort of I can't, there's no other way to describe it, but it was just a horrible, horrible feeling and it's still going on now. There's no um, end to this story just yet, but I will keep you un um, updated as to what happens to him and what is proven, what is not, where the little girl is, the, the most darling, beautiful, spirited little girl that I knew. And I just, yeah, I will keep you updated. But whole thing of me having to go from that or not having to, but where I went with it emotionally was just to my first instinct to defend him, to just stand up in court, to write whatever I had to write, to help him, to it all sinking in within, yeah, sort of hours and days later that how do I know he's not guilty? Like why would I automatically jump to that? I could not possibly know that. 
with all the things that have happened to me in my life and all the incidences of abuse and everything, why would I automatically assume that this man that I thought I knew didn't do these things to this little girl? I could not possibly know that. And so I knew very quickly once I could unscramble my thoughts a little bit that I couldn't do what she was asking of me, his mum. I couldn't agree to write any letters. I couldn't go to, you know, agree to go to court to stand up for him. I just couldn't and I wouldn't, not knowing what was true and what wasn't. I just could not do it. And it's just the most, you know, it tears you apart. It absolutely does just to know that, you know, your instinct when you love somebody is to jump up and defend them but sometimes you're going to be wrong very very wrong and there's no I just feel like there's no resolution to this no right or wrong answer other than it was just bizarre that it all happened at the time that it did when all of this you know was what I was going to be talking about and then you know it was like if I was doing a tarot reading on it it would be the tower card at the moment of just absolute shit hitting the fan with it all and so, yeah, as, as you can imagine and anyone can imagine who's been through a similar thing where you've found out somebody around you in your life is a sexual predator and has done terrible things to children, you know, allegedly, I'll keep saying. But, yeah, it, there's just no shock like it. I don't think it's a very specific kind and unique kind of shock, I think, that just shakes you to the absolute core and just jumping ahead a little bit where I'm going with the sort of drama that ensued after that was pretty big drama. I haven't felt the same since, you know, I don't know whether you'd say the same necessarily, but I haven't felt good in any way since this has all come out. And I suspected on one level that it was affecting me adversely more than I was kind of um, owning or admitting to, I think. i it was just sort of swirling around in my brain all the time. I kept dreaming about it. I kept just, you know, having just a feeling of absolute cold shock all the time every time I'd consider it and just not have any answers about what was true and whether you're ever going to know, whether any of, any of us are ever really going to know the truth because do you ever really at the end of the day in these situations? But knowing, you know, regardless of what happens and what is to come with this, I will be supporting this child to the ends of the earth, and I promise that. And, yeah, I just haven't felt good and haven't felt quite right. I've been very, uh, I don't I suppose you could almost call it a depressive episode in a way since it all happened. But a week ago, about 10 days ago now, I I wouldn't say I'd been particularly thinking about this incident at the time that this stuff happened to me, my health, what I'd say, my health crisis I've, I had just recently had. I wasn't thinking about you know, this case or anything at the time and wouldn't have particularly put it together that it was all connected or anything. But uh, I won't go through the whole dramatic scene of it, but I've ended up having a mild heart attack uh, 10 days ago and it was as shocking and upsetting as you might imagine. Anyone who's had one, I probably don't have to explain uh, the pain and the shock and the just, again, didn't see it coming at all. I, I'm not a particularly healthy person on a lot of levels, but I didn't think that that was a looming thing in any way, shape or form. But, yeah, I've had a mild heart attack, been rushed up 
close to the main hospital near where I live. They were fantastic and wonderful, giving me every type of treatment, every test, every medicine, every everything that they could possibly do. Yeah, just to that a little bit short, I'm sort of fine now, pretty much. It might never happen again, hopefully. There's no suggestion that it will, uh, considering the my state of health and the my heart health, you know, after they did all the tests and everything was actually quite good and my blood's flowing properly and I'm on different couple of different medications to ensure that it doesn't happen again and I'm, I don't know how long it's supposed to be for the rest of my life. Apparently I'll be on these medications, but I don't know how it works yet. But, yeah, I it was a horrible experience and terribly frightening. I really thought I was shuffling off the mortal coil at the time for a good hour or so. But, yeah, I, I was in hospital for, I don't know, ended up being four days or four or five days and was it that long yeah must have been but yeah I just it was just a horrible experience and I didn't necessarily put any of it together that it was you know any result of anything that I'd been experiencing before that emotionally but when they couldn't necessarily find anything that was then obvious physical cause for what had happened and they couldn't they really couldn't. Like there was just no real probable cause or anything. It was all a bit mysterious and they just kept doing different tests. And, yeah, so I just spoke to a, a lovely, lovely astrologer friend of mine who is a deeply spiritual, very wise woman that I know, and she just said, she said the minute that she heard what had happened about me having the heart thing, is that she just said she knew in every core, what do you call it, every cell of her being to her core that I was experiencing what she referred to as broken heart syndrome. And I do get a bit teary when, when I say that because it does feel actually frighteningly real and very probable that it probably could be right. But she just said she just knew straight away. She just said with all the you know, the podcast stuff I've been doing with all the stories I've been telling. There's all, all the crap coming up from the past that comes up because I'm telling these stories. You know, I'm doing it very willingly, obviously, but, you know, there's a lot of pain involved remembering all of these things. And she just reckons that the icing on the very horrible cake was this incident that she, she just said the one person that you – would have believed in or had lowest on your list of men in your life that you thought capable of doing something like this, you know, has turned out to be the same as all the other men in your life or vast majority of them. And it is just literally unbelievable. And she said, I just think it's pushed you over the edge that, you know, that your heart just gave up or gave in as a result of the magnitude of the pain and I didn't really know what broken heart syndrome was. I looked it up and it was very interesting because it's a very real thing that can come, you know, they talk about it being born of just prolonged grief and, you know, struggling and suffering and sadness and all sorts of things. And I just, I don't know, I just thought it was food for thought. Just, you know, if anybody does know, you know, want to look that up, it's just an interesting you know, route to take as far as how these things can affect you physically, how they very, very likely do affect you physically, they affect you mentally, spiritually, 
uh, energetically on all levels. It's just, it absolutely sucks. And, you know, I, I think I've already spoken about this in a couple of other episodes, but I believe that, you know, the vast majority of physical stuff that we deal with and struggle with is brought on by emotional pain and, you know, to a really huge degree, not always. But, yeah, I just still considering whether my friend might be right about whether this was just kind of a, don't want to say a last straw, but a, you know, the thing that, what do you call it, thing that broke the camel's back, camel's donkeys, whoever they are, um, that it was just a little bit of a bridge too far. And I think it 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 is, like this circumstance is, I still can't believe it's happening. I can't believe that I could be so wrong about somebody that's a blow on just so many levels and particularly when you know you very much like to think of yourself as being very perceptive and intuitive and in a lot of ways that's an important thing to me, an important trait to have and I feel like how could I have missed something that just profoundly dreadful and you know again I just want to state this is all alleged at the moment, I don't know what the result of all this is going to be he may well be innocent. I don't know. I don't know the first thing about it just at the moment. I don't know what's where it's going, but I promise I'll keep you updated. But yeah, my point was just the absolute irony of I was just about to do that thing about the all the Mia stuff and then that happened where I was confronted with exactly the same scenario of having to make a decision pretty much whether I was going to support someone who had been accused of this stuff. My first reaction being that, yes, I would, and then hours later, no, I wouldn't, and I wasn't going to, and just more to, you know, I just think the story is just uh, an interesting one up to this point of just there's no real answer, there's no rhyme or reason to any of this. I don't know why it's happening. I don't know whether there's, you know, a pearl of wisdom at the end of this story that I'm going to really get some or have some epiphany or a light bulb moment of why, what I was supposed to have learnt from this, what I can glean from it, what I can, you know, broadcast to you guys about it, what I can talk about that might help you along the way if you're in similar circumstances. And goddess, I hope you're not. It's a horrible place to be. But yeah, I again, so I feel like I... I have to wrap this story up somewhere, but there's no real finale or no crescendo to this story of, and then I knew that everything was all right, the end or anything, because there's just not not one. There's no, there's very open-ended stuff happening at the moment. I'll be back to talk about that. Uh, again, because it is a very heavy topic and I always just say my Gmail is my bullseye podcast at gmail.com my bullseye podcast at gmail.com and I just implore you especially with this situation that I'm in at the moment if you've got anything similar that you've been through or not even doesn't have to be similar but just stuff that you have been keeping to yourself that is burdening you that is making you sick that is goddess forbid you know potentially going to cause you to have a heart failure in some way get it off your chest before that can happen, please, I honestly implore you. I can be extremely trusted with this stuff. I would never mention names on air, never. I would never disclose anything you tell me. I just feel like it's imperative. It's so important that you tell somebody 
just talk to anybody, somebody, and if there's nobody around you that you have, if you haven't got a good therapist, which thankfully I have at the moment and I've never had one before, but I can honestly say now I have got a good therapist, so that's quite amazing and she's incredibly insightful. But if you haven't got that, if you haven't got family support as I haven't and you know, I know a lot of us haven't, just please just drop me an email at that email, mybullseyepodcast at gmail.com, just to get anything you need to get off your chest and know that it's going somewhere safe, that it's not going to be, you know, misused in any way, the information. I just want to. That's what my life's mission is at the moment. I want to be there for all of you that might be going through very similar things and have nowhere to turn you have got somewhere to turn. I'm always there. I'm always listening and you can trust me. I know you don't know me from Adam, but I feel like, you know, after this many, this is my 14th podcast and I feel like you're probably getting to know me a little bit on some level at least by now. And yeah, I just want to be there for you and I am. So yeah, it's all a bit heavy. My heart is actually hurting quite a lot not in a worrying medical type of way, but I've got terrible, you know, you get that grief, pain in your solar plexus, you know, right in your, between your breastbone there where the grief hurts. It's absolutely killing me at the moment and it's not going away. So I probably need to wrap up at the moment. I don't, don't worry, I'm not allowed to, I'm not allowed to, I'm not about to call emergency services or anything I'm okay in that way I don't mean physically there's a struggle going on but it's just the pain of grief that I think a heck of a lot of you will be familiar with and it's just hard to deal with hard to breathe actually so sorry that this has all been a bit of a downer this one it's bound to happen occasionally with the topics that I'm going to be covering but I thank you so much again for listening and so many new listeners out there that are just literally all over the world and again my love going out to everyone in Israel in Palestine in Ukraine where all the terrible wars are at the moment and blessings to the beautiful Boy Scouts of America Association and what you have been put through it's hideous beyond description and if I could do something to help you believe me I would and I will So thank you again. This has been the 14th. I can't think of a name for the episode. I'll think of something. And (laughs) I honestly can't. It's just not coming to me. But anyway, I'm sure I have a name by the time this goes up on Spotify and everywhere else. And thank you. And I hope you're all doing well. And as always, I love you. Bye. (laughs) Bye.